Hello, hello, welcome back. Oh boy, back from vacation, ready to go at it twice as hard. And uh, hopefully you missed us as much as we missed you. We're back on Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 343. We're going in tonight. Going to talk about the last two weeks. I'm going to talk about some chisme. Uh, I was out in Mexico and Guadalajara, heard some great chisme. And of course... It's almost inevitable. We're going to talk about Chivas, especially after Belaz's interview today, four hours ago. But before I go any further, I got to welcome my boy, Joel, who's been waiting patiently for two weeks. How we doing? Good, Jaime. There's, there's a lot of good stuff going on. I said I'm doing good, better than Chivas. And Oof. just lost 2-0 to, uh, to the Galaxy. And... Uh, what is it? The League's Cup. And right now, America is 0-0 with LAFC. And they're playing at Sophie Stadium. She's got pretty good attendance for a, you know, midweek game. Um, but this is, and, and you know, I heard criticism about like this tournament doesn't help and whatnot. And despite that, we, we can't forget that business first, sports second. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's just the reality of any sport, of any club, because you need money to to buy players, to pay a coach, to pay the rent. You know, it's it's not a charity and and it doesn't work on popularity. You need to throw money to make to make these teams and then stay afloat. Um, and Sophie Stadium, it looks with a good crowd, it's bringing in some good change for these teams, and and well, they, you know uh, that they need it. They, they need it because of all this, you know, the COVID thing that was for two years. And uh, I'm pretty sure with a lot of these teams, they are still like dealing with some of the effects of, of what because you know they lost they lost money at that time for. The tournament being canceled, not being able to tour, all of that has affected them. So, yeah, tough loss, but but good to see that the team can start making money again. Man, you sound like Pelas right now. But uh, shout out, <laughs> shout out to everybody that uh, went out to Sophie Stadium out there in Los Angeles. It's in Inglewood, right? Inglewood. Yes. Yeah, Inglewood. Yes, home of the LA Rams and the LA Chargers. So it's a football American football stadium that can fit up to 70,000 fans and is expected to be uh, a stadium that will be in use for the 2026 world cup. We'll sh- we shall see as of well, right. Look, they're, they're, they're playing right now soccer. So as of right now, though, it does not qualify for a FIFA approved stadium. Uh, hey, I, if I, can play there. I'm sure. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like too narrow or too wide, or I forgot what the speculation is, but they'll have to fix it uh, between now and 2026. But obviously, it's a hot, hot stadium, beautiful stadium out there in LA. And I mean, LA Galaxy, LAFC, Chivas, and America. I just hope no one gets stabbed out there tonight. Those, those unruly America fans. I mean, I know you've. You've run into some of their shenanigans 
Oh, I, you know what? I completely forgot about these games because I, I didn't even, I didn't even apply to go. Um, I know you could have been there today. Uh, <laughs> we could have been there. I yeah. mean, um, but now I forgot, man. I, I forgot too. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, obviously it sells, man. I mean, the, the stadium looks, looks pretty stacked and there's quite a demand out here. Yeah, people starving for this because, uh, you know, uh, especially offensive league IMX that they'd want to watch their team play in person. And now they have, like, the numbers to back it up. You know, the League's Cup, you know, MLS trying so hard to have a baby with League MX. And if you, if, <laughs> if, if, if you can fill, if you, you can use this as evidence as, like, hey, look, man, like, this will fucking sell. And uh, it's about giving the people what they want. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very successful venture. We'll see how it how it turns out. But uh, it seems like it's inevitable, this MLS Liga Mekis baby. You know, they, they make money. They've had these tournaments and they, they have made money. It's just fans don't care much about them because, you know, the teams will use them to play with a lot of them. Um, Suplentes, you know, they, they they put the reserves, or they play the youth, and it takes it takes some some of it away. But I feel for any tournament to catch on, you just gotta keep playing it, keep doing it, and doing it. Uh, I've said this a lot of times. I I'm gonna be like the broken record, but you know, Champions League, we see how it started. It's an invitational tournament from a magazine. It wasn't even from UEFA. It was a magazine that that made the tournament and would invite teams. And they just kept getting played to the point that it's it's really, you know, arguably the, the biggest club tournament in the world. I wouldn't say arguing. It, it is. It is, the you know. So you're saying this could be potentially like the Champions League of North America? Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't going to go that far, but I do think it it can catch on eventually and and become more exciting, and people would take it more serious because, like, there's kids there, I'm sure, and they're watching it, and it's like there were kids when they had like the Superliga or whatever it was called over ten years ago, but then they didn't play it anymore, so they forgot. But if these kids watching, it's like a yearly thing. Then it becomes, you know, for them it becomes um, normal, something that that they expect now. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. How many of us that listen to this podcast or Mexican American have actually gone to a official Liga MX match in Mexico? Like, not many can say that. Not many can say that they've watched their favorite team play at their home stadium. But a lot of us yeah. can say, hey. I've seen them play in Houston. I've seen them play in San Jose, in Sacramento, in LA. I've seen them play like here in the States. I've seen the Mexican national team play here. So it's like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's the, there's no other, there's no other like situation out there like that. Like I can't think of any other national team that has more, more home games on the road than, than Mexico. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they're the national team that plays the most, the most games. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of have to recap Liga Mekis as of right now. Tigres have only lost once. They're in fifteen. Uh, they're, they're in first place with fifteen points. My boy uh, Piojo Herrera is doing a good job out there, huh? He he's getting heavily criticized since last season. Uh, you know, he's only a motivator and a host of other things. But after six games, five wins, one defeat, he's top of the table with the Tigers. And uh, I, I mean, it just goes to show he's he's always, I won't say always, but for the most part, he's been very consistent in the clubs he's been at. And he's always had some fighting, you know, for the league. Um, so I, I think... I think this is good, man. I, I think I, I'm gonna say this because we've we have like the league where it's like very few Mexican coaches, majority Mexican coaches. You know, I feel they get the short end of the stick. But right now, the top three places: Tigres, Toluca, Monterrey, all Mexican coaches. That's right. And yet Toluca is uh, Nacho, and he has them playing pretty good, and. He's back. He's back there. You know, people had written him off. Came back from Spain with a big L, and <laughs> then his his first uh, season wasn't that good. But he's showing what he's made of. And then Buse, man, Buse was getting he was getting destroyed since last season. Monterrey held on to him. He's in third place, uh, which is. You know, I, I think it's expected of Monterrey, but I'm just going to mention it for Buse because everyone keeps saying that he's done for. And so I think um, he has a lot to prove. Not not, not for himself. He's very accomplished. But, but to prove, I guess, to his naysayers where they could see that he still has uh, more to offer. Yeah, because as is late. It wasn't the Midas touch. It was more like the bronze touch. <laughs> but uh, you got to give them credit. They have a game at hand, so they only, they've only they only played six matches. So they could potentially end up in first place. Yeah, well, same as Tigres. Tigres as well have uh, six out yeah. of – Yeah, so there's two game. There's two – you know, the top three teams, two of them still have a game pending. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, with the Luka, I will say that they did a hell of a good job with the reinforcements – so they got a lot of a lot of solid talents, you know, Marcel Riz, Volpi. Uh they had a few players as well that they that they got. So they've done a really good off season. Uh, and then to to top off the top four, you know, Larcamon with Puebla continuing to stay consistently in the top, which you gotta you gotta give him you gotta give him, you know, his his yeah. due because uh, Pueblo doesn't really have much as far as talent goes, as far as names yeah. go, but well, the media, the media did kind of a job on him because they were blowing smoke out of it, up everybody's ass and saying, "Oh, they were linking him up with every team, even the selection." And then none of that happens. And then it's like all of a sudden, it seems like this guy sucks. But it's it's just, you know, it's it's further from the truth. He's he's a good coach, and sometimes it takes a while. Um, it just takes a while to to land the better teams. I mean, because Piojo, if you, we look at his career, he's been a good... Uh, I'm going off the top of my head, but I think it was a good 10 years where he was just 
with some of these teams, some of them they even got relegated, and it took him a while to uh, to improve his motivational skills. Uh, but he he kept at it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, earlier, he just gotta keep keep at it till you you get it right. Uh, we have missed some pretty bomba refuerzos over the last two weeks. Um, it's hard not to talk about Danny Alves at Pumas. He was uh, rumored to join either the MLS or Liga Mekis. And I believe the Brazilian national team coach was pushing him to go towards MLS. In the end, he decides to go to Pumas. And look, I was in Mexico when this happened. And bro, the media was just sucking his, you know what? Like they were just, (laughs) oh my God, he's the best, most, you know, decorated player of all time and now he's in mexico and now he's at pumas and when is he gonna debut we gotta find out when when he debuts and it was a big deal man and it was like uh it was crazy over there it was crazy like the press was just 24 7 talking about danny alves danny alves and i'm not gonna lie you know it is nice to see someone uh of that stature like bless liga mekis and put more eyes on liga mekis but, you know, let's be honest, he's at the end of his career. So, I mean, good for him and, and good for Pumas. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily make them all of a sudden contenders to win any type of silverware. You know, people were saying, oh, he's going to win some silverware and, and continue to add more titles, you know, more 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 trophies to his cabinet. But I don't know, man. I don't see Pumas winning anything. But I could be wrong. Well, they've, they've, been, they've been close. Um and they got that busted up RG. I think Cal Pastor knows his name. I, I already forgot his name. Dineno? <laughs> no, man. The, have these guys requested to speak? I'll invite them to speak. They probably know. He was in Boca, I think. Um, but I know he was injured. I'm pretty sure of that. Um no, they, they've been close, and sometimes having that one or two players that can make a difference can can tilt the favor, you know, can can tilt the scale in your favor, and that could be enough to win. You don't you don't have to be, you know, dominant or whatnot. You just have to just have to win the right games, and not miss your PKs when you get them gifted to you. Not, and... That's a chihuahua, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, damn, it's like they they don't want to win. Um, no, yeah, this this um, what is it, Alves? And just today, Funes Mori. I mean, not Funes Mori. Uh, well, yeah, Funes Mori, is but uh, is it Roger? The brother. What is the brother? The, the other Mori. The, I think his name's good, Roger. The good. No, Ramiro, Ramiro. (laughs) Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if I'm not mistaken, is the more successful out of the two. Yeah. He played for Everton. He's the one we should have nationalized. Villarreal, and he ended up on the national team as well. Um, Kudos to him, Ramiro Funes Mori. You know, Cruz Azul pick up a, a good signing. Um. And again, the the media was was pretty excited to, to have him. Uh, and he said himself that you know he actually was a fan of Liga MX. He's, he said because he grew up in, if I'm not mistaken, like in Dallas, right? He was part of the uh, the Dallas. Yeah, U- him and his brother. 
Yeah, youth team. So he said that by default he uh he saw a lot of Liga MX's, so um another another player that is gracing Liga MX's. Um who else, man? I feel like there's been a lot of signings in the last couple of days. Oh, um well going the other way for Cruz Azul is uh Santiago Jimenez. He's going to Feyenoord, right? Dutch league. Already there, and they already did their their little intro video with La Cucaracha playing. Yes, that's the only song that white people know. I, you know, I heard him talking, and his Spanish is very Mexican. I was expecting the more Argentine, but <laughs> he's straight up Mexican. I, um, you know, he, he doesn't have that accent. So a lot of these guys keep like Sarguinho and some of these other dudes. They never seem like they can't shake it off. You know, true story. I was in um, a white neighborhood, Walnut Creek, and uh, there was a Mexican restaurant and there was a band. There was actually like mariachi that night. And like this white guy's like, hey, dude, do you guys know like La Cucaracha? Can you guys play that? And I was like, and I said to them in Spanish, hey, no toquen esa canción, no mames. <laughs> and I told him to play like a better song. And that's the only song people know, man. There's other songs than La Cucaracha. Uh, that's a, I don't know, I guess because it's like really old song and it just, it just became popular, the car horn. Celito Lindo and La Cucaracha, just no. You wouldn't get that car horn? Oh, that's a dope car? ass car horn. <laughs> but I always associate that car horn with like a fucking Winnebago or a minivan or, you know, some but type for of. For me, it was the, the people that sells fruit. They would. Get there, like they probably don't do it anymore. But you had these like Mexican dudes with a truck, and then they would, yeah, they would park, they would post up and hit the cucaracha horn, and they had produce right there, man. You have to go to the yeah. market. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's risky this time of the year for Chaquito Jimenez to go to like make a move abroad? Like, you're that close to a World Cup. It's in November. You're in great form at Cruz Azul. You're in Mexico. Why take a risk now? Why go to, um, I think, Rotterdam and and potentially, like, not be the starter or, you know, sit on the bench and then miss out on a World Cup? I, I agree it's a risk, but I think the Dutch, they, the, that league, more than any other league, I think they've been straight up with, with mixed players and, and with their treatment. And so I think when they go after a player, and especially if they pay good money, they're not going to, like, just dump you on the on the bench. He, he's going to get the PT. Uh, so I, I do think, you know, if that was one of his concerns, I'm sure they were, like, you know, and it's in, it's in their best interest, too, because, you know, it, he, he's, he won't be just a player, but also a seleccionado. So... It benefits them as well, but yeah, if, if just with the track record of, of you know these Dutch clubs and and how they've treated Mexican players, that's that's been like I, I would say that's probably the best league for Mexicans to go to, where at least you know you're gonna get a fair shake. That was that in Germany. 
it's a bold move. Uh, and I'm sure that he probably would have went for more if they had waited till after the World Cup. So I can see why they're doing it now. But, you know, it's coming from experience as far as like, jo- you know, joining a new a new job, a new company. It's there's there's a little bit of a learning curve. And when you're that close from like a World Cup ticket, I don't know, man, it's it's a bit of a gamble. Um I'm not entirely I'm not entirely convinced that the Dutch league is better than the Liga Mekis. I will say though that they do prepare players for you know bigger stomping grounds. Uh, a lot of players that succeed in 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 Holland end up doing amazing things, you know, in Spain, in England, Germany, what have you. So it it is a great stepping stone, but I don't know, man. I feel like he could have gotten a big, bigger offer had he just waited until after World Cup. Especially now that we're having a striker crisis in in Mexico, um, you know. I mean, I mean that's that's provided the team does well or he does well at the World Cup. So I I think he made the right choice, and I think just the way Mexicans are with anything Europe, just how hard they write those nuts. <laughs> I I just needs to score two goals and then and then um, the meet and everything. There's going to be so much pressure on Tata too. Yeah, that's true. You call him up, man, where they're just going to be, you know, that's going to be the question he's going to get every, you know, every chance they get to interview him up until the, the official list is turned in. Because um, I don't know. I don't think he's, he's like, if, if he was to submit a 23, I don't think he would be on that list. Wait, it's 20. What is it now? 28? Um, I think it's officially 26. 26, see, so I, you should just throw him in there, man, because he, he knows they're gonna, they're not gonna let, let him live this one down, man. He needs to, he needs to throw the media and the fans a bone. Well, thank God that, uh, that, that right now doesn't really have a choice because Raul Jimenez is injured. He got injured, so he's out for a couple weeks, maybe a, a month or two, so we don't know. So, I mean, that really doesn't leave much in the depth chart. Henry Martin will probably get promoted. I uh, forgot about that, uh, Jaime. That's, Funes Mori. Man, that's, but see, that's just tragic, the whole Jimenez. Yeah. From his injury, from his head injury to this. It's like There's like a dark cloud following this guy. At this point, I would, I would not get in an airplane with him. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, send them on, on a boat or something. Nah, there <laughs> needs to be like... Uh, team, dude. He needs to like... Crack Luis, Luis David Luis's head open. I think that he will reverse. Olympia, he needs Olympia, like our like our boy Yums. He needs Olympia. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, right now it's a pretty pretty bad situation for for Mexico uh, because also Jota uh, Jota Macias is out for nine months, so he's done. Raúl Jiménez questionable. So I mean, that really opens it wide open for for players that are on the um on the cusp. You know, you have your, obviously you have Henry Martin, you have Funes Mori, you have him, and you also have potentially uh, Mudo Aguirre that plays for Santos. Um, that's basically it, man. I can't really think of too many strikers on the top of my head. Note there was Vela who, you know, took himself out a long time ago. Yeah. And, and then Chicharro, I don't know if you saw the this clip that's going around where they give him a Mexican flag to sign. 
just tosses it to the side. A lot of men, I feel like Chicharito right now has been taken out of context so badly. Like there was that video where he landed at Dallas and uh, there was a kid from the Dallas supporters that wanted an autograph and he just like straight up like said, no, like don't even touch me. <laughs> and, uh, and then he asked the other supporters like, Hey, I'm not going to like approach you guys. Like just take a selfie, you know? Well, he said, "Turn around, turn around, yeah. and take the selfie." Like, yeah, that. <laughs> he, that, make, that was pretty smart idea, yeah. though. He ain't trying to get he, he ain't trying to get no monkeypox. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it is MLS protocol as well. He was respecting that also. Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. And as far as the uh, the Mexican flag is concerned, it's not because he hasn't been called up. It's not because of that. I think he, out of respect, he doesn't want to sign. You know, uh, a flag. The way he, yeah, I will say the way he did it was like, dude, at least like give it back to him. Just don't, don't throw it on the ground. But <laughs> yeah, at least you know, just hand it back. But it's all you know, good. He's got a new broad. He's smashing. You know, she's a model, and uh, you oh, know, I haven't, I haven't even known. I didn't even. You know what I mean? He's he's pig- pumping his, uh, his. You know, he's he's getting it in. Maybe not on the field, but off the field, he's getting it in. And typically, that means things are going well for him in his personal life. It sometimes translates to the field, but he's at that age and that point of his career where, I don't know, man, I think he's missing the boat as far as maybe getting another World Cup appearance. Um, I just wish they would just be like very clear about it. I hate this wishy-washy, yes or no, are you in, are you out? I wish Tata would just go out and blatantly just say, hey, look, like he's not in my plans, like, Let's just nip this in the bud right now. And, and you know, I don't think it's Tata's call. That's why I don't think he's been upfront about it. I still think it's, um, damn. Well, I mean, didn't he always, like, say no, and then recently he kind of changed his tune? Yeah, he did. But I feel like recently he kind of changed his tune because he realized there's no depth. So it's just like how he menaces hurt right now. If, you know, if he lose Funes Morty or something. Then you kind of have no choice but to like call him up, but I think he's kind of keeping him as like a plan C, and so that's why he kind of changed his tune. But before that, he always said he was not going to call him up. He's I, I I tend to believe the rumors of the of the pissed off directivo. Yeah, um, I think it's the yeah John De Luisa came back to John De Luisa, and I think that's that's the guy that's already. Wait. Did uh Chicharito play tonight? I think he only yes. played the first half. Okay, so he did play against Chivas. I think that's the second time in his career that he's played against Chivas ever. Hmm. But it's like official game. Kind of. <laughs> then it would the be first the... Time with, uh, with Man U? Yeah. When he played a half with each? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a Chivas jersey in a while. Not that he wore it, but he did you know, hold it up and gave everybody the grand illusion about maybe returning one day. Um, yeah. Somebody asked Carlos Vela if he was going to join Chivas and he was just like, no. <laughs> no, I don't think Carlos uh, Vela is going to join Liga Mekis at all. No, he's not. Yeah, he's, ain't it's no a, way. It's a Liga Mekis Mexico media thing. He's going to live here. He's, he's in Brentwood. He's got his kids here. He's, he's not leaving, man. He's, Oh yeah, he's, he's already an Angelino. I man. could see him if he's gonna go anywhere. It's gonna be back to San Sebastian. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, his wife is Spanish. 
Oh, that's true. But I, I think for their kids, mm-hmm. probably stay here for the next no. like, 20 years. Probably go back to Spain, West Spain, the U.S. and risk your well, kids be- being in a school shooting. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, because, um, go go to the nice schools with uh, proper securities. No, because I, I, I think right here he could easily get a job through through LAFC. Where he could be like some type of directivo or something, you know. They'll, they'll I don't know, man. Around. I'm curious to to see what he does after he retires. I'm pretty sure we're never going to hear from him ever again, dude. He's not going to be. Think, yeah. He's not going to be like on TV as a you know one yeah, of those people he, that talk. He hates soccer, so he's not going to want to be yeah. involved in it at any point. Yeah, he's going to be like ambassador. Concerned about he can. He'll end up being like some like <laughs> NBA like. <laughs> something involved with the nba or whatever but uh yeah there's no future for him like at univision or do the na or anything like that no but but lafc you know like an ambassador just maybe give him some some job just to keep him around and yeah he just comes out at the start of the season (laughs) they applaud and then he just you know maybe he does a market opening or something So what to do with some of these players. Yeah. Confirmed transfers as far as players going to Europe. Marcelo Flores uh from Arsenal U23 to Real Oviedo, which we must remind you is owned by Grupo Pachuca. Or yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's going to Real Oviedo, second division of Spain. I don't know, guys. Under twenty three Arsenal second division in Spain is this a downgrade? Is this? It definitely is a well, not downgrade from from the under twenties, but downgrade from he could have been in Arsenal's first team. It just goes to show all that ball washing all these fanboys were doing for for months and wanting him in the in the selección as a starter, and you know it got. A, a bit exaggerated, and it just goes to show, man. He's he still has a lot of developing to do. Um, Absolutely, I, it is, it is. But I mean, if he stays, as long as he's getting, he's just gonna keep getting playing time, and he could keep developing, then it it will benefit him. So I mean, downgrade because yeah, you're going down from from a big team to like a second division team. So that that one is. Yeah. Quite obvious, but but playing wise, it it should be an improvement. It reminds me of when Carlos Vela basically went through the same situation at Arsenal. Uh he got loaned out to Celta Vigo and uh had a great time there. And that was in the second division of Spain at the time. So I think he'll have a similar trajectory as as Vela, except without all the disciplinary issues, because Carlos Vela liked to party. Um Orbelin Pineda, he uh, says, I'm not going to Chivas. I'm going to go to Athens under Matias Almeida. Uh, Celta Vigo have no intention of keeping Pineda. They actually were trying to sell him. So, uh, Greek League, is that, again, I don't think that's better than the Mexican League. Fisherman's League. Yeah, literally. Uh, Johan Vasquez, Genoa to. Cremonense. Another downgrade. Well, Genoa got relegated, so, you know. Yeah, he went from a relegated team to a team that's already relegated. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, he didn't go to. He didn't stay in the. He didn't stay in the Serie A. No, he is. Yeah, they're in the Serie A. I thought they were in Serie B. No, Genoa went down, so he he. That's why he moved. Yeah, yeah. but the team he moved to, I thought they were they were Serie B. No, they're in no, Serie A. Yeah, they got promoted. Oh, they just got promoted. All right. Yeah. So another relegation kind of big team then. Yeah, he just went from another slump buster to, an, no, to another. No, I'm just I'm messy. Now, I, if he stays in Serie A, you know, it's it's good, and especially in these smaller teams, man, it's it's more hard work. There's a <laughs> video. In a yeah. Team, right? There's a video that came out recently, and he was just saying like, I didn't know defending until I came here. Like everything I thought I knew about defending, like throw that out the window. Like first day they had to like explain everything to me. So we'll see if it pans out. You know, Hector Moreno said the same thing. And then also, uh, I mean, I kind of disagree with these arguments, you know, whether like Dutch league is better than Mexican league or Greek league is better or not. I think that doesn't really matter. I think, you know, what Brazilians and Argentinians have done is we're going to send out a thousand players across the world, you know, from Vietnam to Russia to whatever. And the ones that pan out, great. So it's the same thing with this. If they're taking up spaces in Russia, Greece, Poland, what you got to think about is that now back in the Mexican League, you have spots open for new younger players that come up and take those, and then you can export them. The idea is just to get as many out there as possible, and the ones that make a name for themselves and then jump from like Greece to France or Greece to Germany, whatever the case might be, uh, it'll work out great. Same thing with Marcelo Flores. I mean, Arsenal never valued Bella. He will go to Spain, kill it. They bring him back. He scored preseason friendlies, and he will never get a chance. So if he's going to go and play in Spain against grown-ass men, even if it's Division Two, it's definitely going to be a benefit to him. I mean, but I, I, I don't see a problem with all these players going to these other leagues or like with Johan going to like a lower division club same way how we want him to be in a bigger club, there's a bunch of players in that league from different nationalities whose people back home, they're like, oh, why can't he be with Milan? Why can't he be with Inter? I mean, not everybody can be at the top. You got to, like, put your head down and get to work. I get that. I'm just not necessarily convinced that we're better off doing that than keeping them within Liga Mekis and making the league more competitive because at the end of the day – We've kind of tried both methods, and they yield the same results. We have not progressed in the World Cup, and I think that's the biggest measuring stick to see if, like, this is actually – are we progressing by doing this? Well, I would say that we haven't progressed in the World Cup or international level due to more off-field decisions than on-field. You know, if you are if you make Liga Mekis super amazing league or you're sending players abroad – if you're not managing those situations well or taking advantage of them, that's on you. You know, I feel we could have 100 players in Europe or Liga Mekis could be the most powerful thing, and we're still looking for a naturalizado to fill something up. Yeah, well, you know, you, you used the example of Brazil and, and Argentina, but I, I think that doesn't apply to Mexico just because um, the, the whole differences in the league and the structure and whatnot and – and they'll have all of their teams. Well, they with the majority they, they export as out of necessity as, as to keep as well. Yeah, that, yeah, that too. But but also they don't. 
they're not as dependent on the foreigners. They're close. They're more dependent on like on their own talent uh, and and they and their own youth. So even like in their, I think, I think the, I, I haven't checked that in a while, but I know Argentina was. I think they couldn't have more than three three foreigners on the field at the, you know. So I think they could have like five or whatever, but only three could be playing. And and that's a big difference from Liga MX when they have like up to 11 or more in the team and like eight can play. And then all these other players don't even get a, they don't even get a whiff. So I, and, and so just because there's so many foreigners, we're looking at a league where it's, it's um, way less players. So I, what was the number? I think in Argentina first division, it was about 600 players that they have. Um, Liga MX is at like 150, I think. So the numbers are just not there, man. And Brazil just has all type of leagues going on. So, I mean, it's it's just structured way different. And so I don't think Liga MX could emulate that. And they just expect and so we do the whole thing, um, like, was it a step down? Just because very few players actually go abroad. So there will be like 20, which is very little. And so, of course, uh, the spotlight's always on them. And the expectations are way higher than they should be. Because, you know, if we see all the players leaving, like you said, they'll go to, from, from the leagues you said, Argentina, Brazil, and they'll go to Vietnam and and whatever league is out there, Qatar, and um, and some of them will make it, and the, a lot of them won't. But um, they're just sending way they're just sending way more players than than Mexico can even can even attempt. That's why I even I mean I get shit down for this. I keep saying if more players can from youth be an MLS and then from their jump, they should do it and. Fans don't even want that. It's like they want. You're, you're a bust. <laughs> it's it's the same concept as you said. I mean, I don't think there would be much difference if you went to MLS and to Greek league. Well, yeah, <laughs> but look what MLS is doing. MLS will send like young players for six hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand, because in a way they're attempting that same process of let's just export. No, uh, you know, whether it's out of necessity or it's not out of necessity, let's spread the name out there as well. Because at Wait. the end of the day, what it does long-term, 10, 15, 20 years from now, it also grows your league. Because if you're sending players out to the rest of the world and they're becoming successful, they start looking at where they originally came from. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you there, Ricardo. You you're thinking as if the whole league you know, makes decisions as a whole. But if you're San Jose or, or some of these other teams, they're not worried about, I'm going to send this player abroad. So to help the U.S. national team, their concern is, I'm going to try to have as competitive team as I can. So we see, why are the players cost? Why are they so cheap? And it's because difference in contracts. Uh, one, their wages aren't that high, so they, they don't earn as much money. And then second, of course, the contracts that they have. And Liga MX has always been a bit more, when it comes to their contracts, like more, um, the kind of tie you in there. 
but I blame some of the players too because a lot of times they'll they'll take these high you know like like Pizarro when he came to Chivas and he took you know I, I'm pretty sure he was making bank and that's the sacrifice if it's like if you want to go to Europe then you can't put yourself in a position like that where it's like um, he's going to cost that much money just because Europe is not won't pay that much money for Mexican players. I disagree. Well, I mean, but see, you still place into it. Like, we can't deny that that have the contracts and what they're getting paid goes into how much a player is going to be valued. You know, that, that plays a big role and also how long their contracts are. So I think that's that's been a difference. Like, look at trophies. Look how long he was at Chivas. I feel like they gave him a 10-year contract. And he, he should have never been um, tied to the club for that long. They got, they got to the point where they couldn't even get rid of him. Yeah, but that's the thing. Uh, you're looking at, like, players like Pizarro, trophies. You're talking about, like, well-established players. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, uh, how some uh, – guy, I think Santos, like Jordan Carrillo or something, they sent him uh, over to Oviedo or something like that. Sporting but, Gion. Gion. Yeah. yeah, Sporting. Like, So you also have, like, where you have these players where they're young and promising and they haven't become well-established when they got McKees. Send them off because all that does, it opens a spot for someone else. But, but you I can't just send them off. You're, like, you're, you're making, you're assuming that's like the spot's just waiting for you. And it, it just doesn't work that way. And so I'm saying it's contracts because a lot of these players are represented. They have promoters. And Wasserman. What? Wasserman. They got the biggest promoter in Europe that's based out of the U.S. as well. Wasserman. See, but that and that, that also affects. So there's like three or four promoters that pretty much control Liga MX. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these players, once they're under that promoter, and they're getting money, it's going to become more difficult for them. So it's always like a sacrifice on the player's part where it's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice the financial because if if, if uh, some opportunity arises, it's going to be easier for me to leave. And some of the players have done that where the opportunities came and they had, they had like the contract done a certain way, like Marco Fabian when he returned to Chivas. And his contract had stipulation that he could leave. There's been other players like that. And and they have left. So well, I, going know. back to my original comment of why Mexico hasn't progressed at the international level, it has to do more with off-field things. So you're saying one of the things that's hindering this on three, four promoters uh, having a big influence and that kind of thing, you know, that's where it should be overlooked. It shouldn't be looked at as players leaving early or players l- being valued too much where other clubs don't want to play him. Obviously, it's a whole structure system. And then the league and the federation have to look at what's in their best interest. Obviously, their best interest is not international results. That's why I'm at the point where I'm club over country. You know, I, why am I gonna, why do I want my club making three, four, five good players, selling them on Europe? We get dismantled and then in the league, we're not doing shit. Cause I know even if those guys do go to Europe, Due to all the off-field issues with Selección, I know Selección's still ain't going to do anything uh, worthwhile. So, obviously, it seems that Selección prefers to, whether they're playing at uh, 
you know, Wolves scoring goals every weekend or whether they're at, at Betis watching the game from the stands, <laughs> they're still going to call the players up to Selección. They're still going to take them to the Juegos Moleros. They're still going to make bank. They have zero interest in actually making any progress. That's why you don't see, that's why you said, well, we tried both ways and both ways doesn't really make any progress. It's because the people charged could care less if there's progress or not. And I think sometimes Facts. fans, we got to remember that. That's why I'm at the point where, like, for the last couple months, I'm like, you know what? I'm, de- I'm definitely club. I'm definitely club over country. I remember when I was younger and I had that innocence. I wanted Chivas to make all superstars, send them all to Europe. Let's make the Mexican national team so great. And then I'm like, no, I want Chivas to be great. They've never I, done that. I, I, <laughs> they I, did. I it was them. just before TV, okay? It was black yeah, and white. Like, oh, there was, like, there was we had a baller-ass team, uh, and then, you know, La Volpe We're... takes them all away. They could have won that as well. We also, when we have uh, Libertadores, like in 2010, we had a great shot at that. I mean, there's been, like, from that 2004 to that, like, 2011, there could have been a lot of great results. Uh, for Chivas, Libertadores, and at the local level, but a bunch of players were going to Selección. But, the, but then we got uh, we got Joel advocating for Leagues Cup and for I, players to go to I MLS. Have, it's money, dude. There's money there. You, it, it's Again, I'm going to say this. Football is business first, sports second. If you don't have money to keep the team afloat, you're not going to do anything. It doesn't matter how popular you are. You need you need to have that money, and for Mexican teams, the money is here in the U.S. and that hasn't been that hasn't been uh, for question for a long time, and, and you could even see just just how they will do games to benefit TV and to benefit even the air times here. You know, you're not getting weird schedules here in the in you know in the U.S. Uh, they're for the most part on at a at a good time for us. That's because this is where the money's at, and it's it's helped the league stay relevant for a long time now. Uh, you're just, you're absolutely right, Joel. But in a league that twelve qualify, <laughs> there is repechaje. No relegation. No relegation. Yes, but they did this recently. Let, let's let's the, just. Yeah, you're right, but before the the results were the same as well. But wait, wait, at, results. Wait, 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 results. What do you mean, the, selection results? Selection. No, no, see, this, this zero. is zero. Not, not really, man. You guys are just. I think you guys grew up, and you guys are spoiled when it comes to the national team because we call what we're seeing now crisis, and it's like that's not really a crisis of. Like what we've seen Mexico, like for example, 1978, they go to the World Cup, get their asses handed to them. I think Germany beats them like 5-0, 6-0. They lose every game. That's 1978. Uh, they host, wait, 82. They missed the 82 World Cup. So they go from getting their asses handed to them, finishing last place, to not even qualifying to the next World Cup. 86, they host at home. They, they do all right. Quinto partido. 1990, they don't even, they, they get, you know, they don't even get a chance to, to go to the World Cup. Cachirules. I mean, those, those were dark times. If you, go, 
further back, it, it gets even worse. Yeah, um, but I, I get where you're trying to go with it, but it's a crisis in the way, like, you guys hyped up Liga Mekis compared to Brazilian League and Argentinian League. I've never hyped it up. Well, this all, the resor- all the resources available to Liga Mex clubs also translates all the resources available to the national team players at all youth levels. I mean, the amount of tournaments that youth Mexican national team players play around the world is, like, pretty insane compared to other federations. So when they go and they botch up a U-20 World Cup qualification, don't go to the Olympics. When your women's team, where Liga Mekis is growing on the feminine side, and you got some stars coming from abroad to play in the league, things like that, and then you go ahead and lose, like, to Haiti 3-0, where Haiti does not have the same resources, as few resources that Liga Mekis Femenil has, Haiti is nowhere even close to having those few resources. So that's a crisis. That is a crisis. When you're talking about what Mexico (laughs) did bad in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, that was just because we were like the little country that had nothing compared to like all these other European countries. But now from a resource point of view, Mexico can compete with a lot of these European countries as far as resources and money that's why it's a crisis but but at the same time it's not like the other teams aren't doing their part so with under 20 that was one game you know they had come in it was like i don't know how it's like how many games well like in that tournament that was just that one game which they didn't even lose it ended in a draw and it's a one-off you know if it was like basketball it's the best out of six and i'm sure mexico would have gone through and that's that's a big reason um they do the tournaments like these to give these other countries a, a you know a chance, um, and and you know even in the big tournaments, which is has even benefited Mexico. So that's that's always going to be a risk that you could have a, a really talented team and they had one bad night, and that's it. You're 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 out. You're home. You, you have to go well, back home. Well, I have a question for you though. Yes. You you said when has noticed everyone though. You said before when when El Pastor was was talking was, was he was making this point before. You said that we're that we're overreacting, that we're exaggerating about the crisis, right? Yeah. Okay. So when was Mexican football ever good to not be in a crisis? Like when was it up there for you? Confederaciones. Well, I think when they won I think it. From... No, I think from '94. So if we if we look if we start getting '93, from '93 up until the last this last World Cup cycle, if we see Mexico's overall results across all tournaments, they're more positive than negative. I know the World Cup there hasn't been a quinto partido, but we forget how difficult the World Cup could be. You have teams like Peru that went what 30 years without qualifying. Mm-hmm. And then I think they missed it again just recently. Um, Italy, what what is this, their second straight World Cup missing it? Um, and yeah. then that's just going into the World Cup. And then once you're at the World Cup, there's only two teams now since 94 until the last World Cup that have made it past the group stage. And that's Mexico and Brazil. The, uh, every other team has choked in the, in the first round in the group stage. Uh, Argentina with Bielsa. Uh, France, Germany, uh, Germany, <laughs> and they were yeah last the last World Cup. So I mean it's dude it's very difficult, and the times they've um 
that Mexico's been eliminated, that they haven't been able to get to the quinto partido. Many of those games have been pretty close. So they, it's not like they've they've gotten humiliated or gotten their asses handed to them. It, it, there's, they've been a bit unlucky as well in some of these matches where the, the ball just bounced in the other team's favor. But I, I do... So I, I wouldn't say they're in a crisis. You could say they stagnated where they haven't been able to improve from where they're at. But They've I, plateaued. Yeah, so they haven't been, but they're not bad. When if you if we look at teams that are truly bad, I mean, like, yeah, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be like like Peru and go 30 years without a World Cup, man. You're going to be like Atlas when that, you know, had that 70-year-old watching them win. And the, that's, you're going to be that 80-year-old dude watching Mexico return to the World Cup. I mean, but would uh, you call that bad, though? Like, for Peru not going to the World Cup for that amount yes. of time? Is it bad compared to what they had of level as far as players, resources, everything, and in their environment? Oh. I, wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it ideal. I wouldn't call it great. Yeah. But at the same time, I wouldn't call it like, sur- like oh, surprising. Like you know, it's like terrible. It's like you can kind of see it. I mean, if you're competing against Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Colombia, you know, those other countries. Uh, you can, you would, it wouldn't be surprising to say they make it to the World Cup. Now, with Mexico missing Olympics for both men and women, missing the youth World Cups, what would it take for it to be a crisis? Mexico not get out the group stage? No, you just, you just, it, it happens, man. Like I mean, it happens to even. Nail in the coffin? No, but it happens even to Germany. I mean, Germany went through, you know, they, they went to win the World Cup to. To get eliminated in the group stage, and then I think they didn't do good in, in some other tournament. And and are they going to start saying crisis, trying to rewrite everything and start, you know? Well, they have. Oh, they got that pressure on them. That's something we have a Mexico and inter, like as regarding the international, the selection and the club and the clubs. We we have fake pressure. We're that we're like everyone says we're the. El gigante con cacaf, right? Yeah. Like we don't have like it's something is like we're manipulated to think that with that Mexico is some juggernaut, but like you said, like you and El Pastor bring up some great points. But I remember uh, oh, a couple years back, I uh, I remember seeing Fightlesson being interviewed by some Hondurians on YouTube, and yeah. they they mentioned. Like, um, you know, Fightlesson, he was giving him, he was giving him shit for being in, for in Central America and stuff, right? And, uh, but he has a point, man. Uh, Mexico, everyone's been, le- we're, our problem is that we're stuck in CONCACAF club. It's the it's CONCACAF's fault that the clubs suck and the selección sucks. Because everyone's leeching off us. I remember you saying that back in the 90s, that the U.S. would bring in Mexico for like to practice, right? Because they didn't have their shit together. Oh, yeah, we're talking about they have. Like they would bring them into like a like I don't know if you said it was like in the uh, late '80s or early '90s that the U.S. national team they would bring in Mexico, like the the Mexican national team, for them to practice so they no, could like. That wasn't me. No, I, I, I one of the points I made was. There was an amistoso that they so like the contract with Soccer United Marketing, so they they promote 
the, the mechs in, in the mm-hmm. U.S. throughout the games. And one of their games, I think, is they, they have to play the U.S. Yeah. But they would always host it around, I don't know if it was in February or March, where they would host Amistoso, which was right after the U.S. would host like a month-long training camp. So you have the U.S. practicing for a whole month. They used to practice at, right here in Carson at the Galaxy Stadium. And so you, people, there was really people there, but you could go and see the training. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, that was one thing that I, I think like FMF wouldn't take into consideration where it's like they probably didn't take the rivalry as serious. And so when the, it was time to play that game, they would the coach would just like pull in a couple of players or train for two days and then they go and get their asses handed to them because this team had already been a month in, you know, just getting ready for that match. Okay, but, okay, I get that. But back to the point where I was mentioning El Faitelson. Like, he has a great point. He he told the, the Catrachos, he's like, it's, it's Mexico's responsibilities and for everyone in CONCACAF to grow. It's, 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 uh, because of Mexico, the U.S. is growing because they they created a fake, a rival, fake, fabricated rivalry competition, right? Like who who is Mexico using to grow out? Who is Mexico leeching off of to grow? We don't have an Argentina, Brazil, uh, Uruguay to to like bat to not battle, but I mean like to test our shit out with, you know, club wise or selection wise. How how is Mexico going to grow when it's our dude? When it's their duty to make it to help the region grow? What is your league? I, I don't know, Jaime, if you saw the... We posted the, the interview with, with Figo. He was around here. I think he was in the U.S. And he was, he was talking about he likes, he likes to see Mexico play or something along the lines. And he was saying the one thing they needed was to have a stronger league. league. And that's what Mexico needs. I, I don't think their league is stronger because... I've just because of a lot of the reasons where it's like it's more geared toward television and for entertainment and to have like a Ligilla and a champion every six months and that sort of takes away from from it being more competitive as far as like having relegation and all that stuff which even if we wanted to you really can't have it in Mexico because there's not that many teams in second division that could They'll have money to fuel competitive teams. We're kind of like back to square one because there was an interview with Jurgen Klisman when back when he was coaching, I think the states, and they had announced the Nations League, and he started laughing. You know, he's like, "You're not going to get better playing at countries at your level or below you. Like, you have to play in the best leagues, and those happen to be in Europe. So, the only way like Mexico's going to grow, they're they're not going to." like rely on the rest of Coca-Cola to catch up to them. They're going to have to like take more players to Europe and have them, you know, play there uh, as much as they can. But again, like we've, we've tried that method and it, it hasn't really panned out. It hasn't really translated to the national team. You're, you're right. Jaime. like we're stuck in the middle. We're in limbo. We're in purgatory. Like if we like, like Al Pastor has some great points, but I don't think sending a bunch of exporting more is going to help. And I don't, but, but I disagree with you guys in saying that having a stronger league is going to help it, help the, 
to uh, help Mexican football out. I think we're just stuck in the middle, <laughs> and that's our place. Hey, but if you look at the World Cup champions, what's one thing they have in common? But they're in Europe, Joel. Doesn't matter. Um, their coaches from their country. In Europe, the coaches, the coaches from Juventus. the country, and they're mainly based out of the domestic league that they're from. And but they're in great leagues. Yeah, yeah. but they they make we their got own leagues. They, they didn't, <laughs> we got Puebla. We got Querétaro. Don't matter. But they weren't depending on other on some of these other teams to catch up. I mean, even if if you go back years, some of these leagues weren't as strong. Um, Nobody talked about the French league, you know. They you, they you ultimately have to work on your own, huh? All those teams, they got they got money pumping those countries and those teams. They got big sponsors and big people, money people with money. Are That's you telling they're... me Omni Life is not a big sponsor? How dare you? No, it's not. They sell flat tummy tea. What about Akron? Akron's a big big name. Tampoco. <laughs> Hey, and I'm, I'm, I don't want Mexico. I mean, Chivas, man, you guys really let me down. Cause I, I used to buy into that, that Chivas, all Mexican, <laughs> this and that. And now you guys, I, I wasn't even going to call in today because I thought you guys were going to talk about Sporting Crystal or Alianza <laughs> Lima or a team like that. <laughs> I don't know anything about those Peruvian teams, you know? Ah, no, that, that Chivas tradition... Uh, Hasn't been broken. It, no, it was broken. It was broken years ago. Well, with uh, the Pochos? Yes, because... See, this was the rule. Mexican-born. And then yeah. they they said, oh, we're going off of the Constitution, the Mexican Constitution that says that if you're born from a Mexican parent, you're, you could, at least one of them is Mexican then you're considered Mexican. But that doesn't mean you're Mexican-born. You're you, not born. You, Chivas rule was you just have to be born in Mexico. Hey, man, Mexicans are born they, wherever they well, fucking feel like it. Constitutions, did Chivas ever have it written down that to be born in Mexican territory? Yes. yes it, it, it's the somewhere, on the there's a document out there where someone can like take a picture, upload, and say, yo, you guys who had written down Mexican territory and you broke it. <laughs> well, they did. They did when they brought in the pochos, which they were going to have to do eventually. Because No, what I'm saying, but was it, that rule broken or I always say Mexicano Nacimiento? Because one thing saying Mexican t- territory is completely different than Mexicano Nacimiento. I was born in Mexico. My son was born here in the U.S. He, he's Mexicano Nacimiento in the sense that he automatically gets my Mexican citizenship. Yeah, but he, he's it's man. Well, I think wait a I minute. Well, we're, to we're, take you everyone's making excuses. Is the media's been doing like mental gymnastics about this? Look, a couple of podcasts back, I mentioned Furch, so you guys can get them right. <laughs> and you guys viciously attacked me. I did. I and, did it. Not me. And but but you guys, without me saying anything, you guys said, oh. But he has to represent the Mexican national team, right? 100%. No, no, no. Wait, that, wait, that's wait, sort wait, of like wait, an wait. unwritten oh. rule that no, no, everyone no. knew. I'm not going to know the excuses. I don't think Ormeño should be a Chivas. Me neither. But, but, wait, the reason, wait, we're, but we're it's before even the Peru again. thing. I don't think Ormeño should have been at Chivas because he had one goal in 12 months. 
You go ahead and replace Jota uh, Jota with a guy that has one goal in 12 months. And then on top of that, he plays for Peru. It's just like all risk, very little reward. Like he would literally need to come on and score 10, 12, 13, 14 goals a season guaranteed to make the fans forget. You knew that shit was not going to happen with him. Hold so on, even bring on. him. You should have kept a Cantera player on there. But at the end of the day, the dude is Mexican. He's literally born in Mexico. The, I don't agree whole... that players that play for other national teams should be at Chivas, but you know that's something the new woke generations want to go through. <laughs> I agree with you, Ricardo. I, I disagree mm-hmm. with it completely. But the only reason I'm looking past it is because you know Fulch was born in Argentina and Ormeño. You know he's born in Mexico City. Okay, I I agree with you, Al Al Pastor. But if you who would in your in let me put this example out there for you guys. So who's more Mexican? I know, and don't say there's there isn't tears of Mexican people. So who's more Mexican, Jimenez, uh, el, el Bebote, that he represents Mexico, or Ormeño that took the cowards Ooh. way out, is representing Peru. They're both the same. Really? They both speak with Mexican accent. They both like they were both, they were both born in Mexico. in Mexico, so they're both Mexican in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with but that. But if you want to say who's Mexico. more Mexican, Mexican tier wise, mm-hmm. oh, definitely uh, Jimenez, because I mean he plays for the Mexican national team. That's and, all I'm saying. So, yeah, I for me my issue is uh, is the fact that Vergara's own son broke. Like Vergara's rule, which was we weren't going to call up anybody that was not playing for the national team. And they Wait, they talked about it on the Chivas, like uploaded a Wait, video. You mean, you mean, because gonna... Jorge Vergara, like um, on top of like the constitution or whatever the rules say about Chivas, he made up his own rule saying that we're not going to like take anyone that doesn't play for the national like that isn't eligible to play for the national team no i, th- I think he said that they play for another national team yeah exactly because, so like if they played for another that was, yeah well, that was the fear going back when they got pochos that they were gonna be u.s called national the, yeah call it for the national team yeah and because he he switched it up right there and then he and then he passes away and his son says yeah fuck that we're taking the peruvian well, I mean, you, wow. you just have to because it's like um, there's not that. We didn't have to do anything. We could have just not signed anybody. We could have we could have put a traffic cone out there, and it would have been a better case. I don't. I don't it's mean not, Ormeño. Like you I, I don't mean said... Ormeño. I mean, I mean Mexican players that play for other national teams. Or, I think, well, uh, okay, so you said that right? Okay. If he was playing for Brazil, y'all wouldn't be saying shit. <laughs> or, or, Argentinian may be riding his nuts, but he happens or, to be Peru. I couldn't see a player that was <laughs> being was capped by the national team by Brazil still okay. playing in, in Mexico. But, or, but you know I'm right, though, man. You well, know, let, let's let's just Brazil, say Chivas has money, right? Chivas, let's, let's just say Chivas has money, right? Uh-huh. Okay. They go out and they get Pepe. Is that okay with you? No. After he's represented the U.S.? He, yes. And that's okay. the thing, right? He wow. technically under under the rules, he would be eligible to play for Chivas, right? Because we let Romania do it. But Pepe was born. That, that is gonna Pepe happen. was born that where? That is gonna happen. Get get used to it. Pepe last. was born in the U.S. 
Oh. He has a Mexican dad. I think as oh. long as you, as long as one of your parents. Yeah. Uh, I looked. I looked up the document. Um, yeah. Pastor, I looked up at the document. I found it, and it does say. Yeah. It does say um. Mexicanos por nacimiento. Yeah. Oh, but you like I get that. But when they when everyone was talking about that back in the day. Everyone knew what Mexican was, man. Let's not make a like. Let's not. Everybody knew what a man and what a woman was too. It was it, those days were nice. No, but, no, but you know what I mean. Like no one, the double nas- nationality thing. Like, no, everyone yeah. knew that if, like, what they were talking about when they met Mexican, someone, someone that represents a Mexican national team, right? And then and they were born or. Look at Atlético Bilbao. They, yeah. they, you could play for Basque. another national team, and if you have a Basque connection, that's good enough for them. Yeah, and you could be with a with French. another national team. Angora, yeah, my yeah, my issue is like, you hate to see Chivas like somewhat manipulate the rules for this guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, but I mean, do it for someone that was like good. Do it for like a fucking Cristiano Ronaldo, but don't do it for Ormeño. Are you kidding me? Because they had to open the doors, man. No. It's not so much that it's because of him, but it's because it's something that they have to do because there's not that many players. This is going to go down as like one of the most embarrassing. It's because they're broke, well. Darkest times. You're saying there's not that many players. That's part of it, too. There's not. You told me for a Mexican team, there's not that many Mexicans. And the country no. of Mexico available active, in a active. bunch of leagues like Tigres. It's just embarrassing that's gotten to this like point. Eight foreign players at once. Yes, it's it's gone. It's it's, it's embarrassing crazy. that we've gone to this point. That it's 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 come to this. And and Chivas uh, and and, has been real sneaky about it too. I mentioned also a couple podcasts back. The Guatemala you, girl about the Guatemala yep. girl, and yeah. they did that to test out the water. It's waters. true. It's true. You're completely yep. right. That's and you guys viciously attack me for that too. But so what I you're saying is that. they're gonna continue to like I've do this. It's like a way. it's like an A B experiment. They're like, hey, let me see how much we can get away with and see. And hey, then... but if, if you guys check online, Ormeño's uh, playlist, his workout playlist, they leaked. You want to hear it? What yeah, all it? right. I, I want to hear it. Wendy Sulka, dude. That's Wendy Sulka. Oh. Yes, a song called Cerveza. That's that's a classic. Um, I do want to we mention saw him something. To that. I d- huh? You like Pendisulka? Uh, did, know, uh, wait, uh, I'm not sorry, Jaime, but if look, Pendisulka, if you want to like just mess with your brain, you YouTube Pendisulka Cerveza, and then you she does a cover of like a virgin when she's like much older. <laughs> You're like, who's making this girl sing these songs? I see. I don't want to be on the weird side of YouTube tonight. So, are they, are they going to be playing that uh, at the Chivas Stadium from now on? This <laughs> is a good song, though. It's trippy. It's, it's good for all the wrong reasons. So, uh, Chivas uploaded a video about four hours ago, five now. Belay is finally showing his face, having an exclusive interview with a journalist from Azteca. And they talked about the striker situation, and they said that they did approach Brandon Vasquez, the striker from uh, Cincinnati, 
um, who was born in Chula Vista, so he's he's born in the states. They said that they approached them uh, with an offer of five hundred thousand, and they spit it back in Chivas's face and said, um, "Yeah, it's gonna be five million." And that was, that was the reason why they didn't go after him. And then they also said that Henry Martin was also in negotiations with Chivas and it fell through for whatever reason. So I don't know how you get from those two all the way down to Romano, but he definitely wasn't the first choice. Man, you guys should have really just bought Henry. Nah. It's just gone with an academy. We already learned from Orbelin Pineda not to take America strikers, bro. Or Orbelin, what's his name? Uh, Oribe Peralta, sorry. El Hermoso. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you're bringing in a guy because JJ's out for nine months. So once JJ's back, what are you going to do with Ormeño? You should just go with an academy player. If it works out, great. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you'll have JJ back. And I will say Tepa Gonzalez has been, I mean, he's been he's been good. He's been better than Saldivar. Um, I think they should have just trusted the process. Um, I got to go to uh, one of the games out there, Chivas Leon. Got to see an amazing goal from Alexis Vega, only to be uh, called off sides after it went to VAR. So it was very like it was a very confusing time because on the scoreboard they weren't showing the replays, so I was completely out of the loop. I didn't know what the decisions were. Um, there was also like a red card that I didn't know why they gave Chivas a red card. So there's just a lot going on. Um, I will say, though, that they are not allowing the Ultras to go to the stadium. So they're, they've been like, you know, after the Querétaro incident, the the Barras are not, they're not going to the games. That's crazy for Chivas Park because I think they were one of the, the clubs that were like, you needed, you needed like a registration. You need to be registered with the club. You would take yeah. your ID and all that. So they were, you know, they were more on top of the it. Fan ID, right? I was like, yeah. where's Iriverente? You know, I, I didn't see them because usually Did they. You have to go through that, Jaime. That fan ID. Thing? There was no fan ID, bro. No. No, but that's for the Barra Bravas. The, oh, yeah. Okay. If you were, yeah, if you were like an ultra group, and you, because they were, they have their section. And you would have to be registered with the club, and then they would. You have like your own entrance, and then they, they know who's who's at the stadium because if something happens, then they they could report you to the police, and they already yeah have all your info. We have um, uh we have a bar here in in Enyaq called Tailgaters, and before you go into the bar, well, you go inside, they take your ID, and then they take a photo of you because there's just always brawls there, so. <laughs> It's like the same thing with the fans. They take a photo. They have you on file. So if you start some shit, you're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna get you. But um, yeah, it was about my tickets on Boleto Movie. It's an app. It was pretty easy to get to get in. To be honest, they didn't really ask for much. Um, it was it was a cool experience. Did, did you buy a sopa maruchan mm-hmm. by chance? No, I didn't. The lady, the lady wasn't there. I I ordered a hot dog and they gave me back like a hot dog with like pepperoni and cheese. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, in that stadium, the only alcohol you can drink is Tecate or Heineken. So, yeah, that's lame. Yeah, 
But uh, the most interesting part about all this was uh, the the ride home. So like, there's no Ubers out there. You can't get an Uber from from that stadium. The taxis have it all like exclusive. So I had to take a taxi home, and the guy, shout out to Jose Juan. He was like, "Oh yeah, like I live like a stone's throw away from Estadio Jalisco. Uh, I used to like drive Alan Pulido around and Carlos Fierro and Bofo. So he has like connections and." Um, he was telling me that like the incident that happened in Querétaro was like a long time coming because uh, apparently like when the Querétaro fans came to Atlas to the stadium, like the Atlas fans like fucked them up, and I don't think it got much coverage. I don't think they talked about it much, but he said that like the Atlas fans had it coming because like they left some of these like Querétaro fans like fucked up, and that they were going after like families too. Like it was like really fucked up, and. Uh, and I asked him, like, hey, man, so, like, you know, between me and you, like, were there actual deaths? And he's like, yeah, there was deaths, but they're, like, the media's covering up because they don't want to, like, freak everybody out. But he did confirm that, like, some of the fans that went to Querétaro didn't come back. So, uh, yeah. And I knew it, too. Like, I was on Reddit saying, like, yeah, dude, like, some of these people died. And they're like, no, there's no evidence. But definitely was. Um, yeah, the, the, some of the reporters that had been talking about it, I think they, they ended up deleting or backtracking. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they didn't want to, like, give Mexico bad press, more bad than it already is. But the best part about my ride home with Jose Juan was telling me that Alan Pulido was uh, leaving Chivas. He was on his way to Kansas to sign his contract. And... Alan Pulido asked him to stalk his girlfriend who was Canelo's ex-girlfriend. I didn't know that. So Pulido's wife is like Canelo's like ex. Yeah. Oh, and he said that like he had a feeling that Canelo was still like hitting that. So he asked this taxi driver to like stalk her and make sure that he didn't see Canelo like go to the, go to the house while he was out, and he said that if he if he like found anything out that he was gonna cancel the wedding. <laughs> oh, she wanted going away. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty funny. Trippy <laughs> man, cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough, man. A betty like that that has access to, to like celebrities and top sports. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Another thing that I want to point out, and we gotta like be grateful that we don't have this problem in uh, in the United States, is it is so fucking difficult to watch games in Mexico. Makes no fucking sense. Like some of the games are on TV. Some of the games you have to stream. You have to have VIX, and you have to have a VIX like premium subscription. Or you have to have like Fox Sports Premium package, or it's exclusive on Sky. Like it, it was impossible to watch any soccer out there. Um, I had to have like a VPN and like stream it from like the states. So um, yeah, if you think it's bad now here, like with having to deal with like Telemundo and Univision, like it's the situation in Mexico is a lot worse and and very frustrating. They've introduced VIX over here too, but it's not a paid thing. It's still yeah, free. it is. Is it? Uh, yeah, I was trying to watch the the, uh, the Luca game, 
the other day, and it's on VIX Plus. Oh, fuck that, dude. And I usually watch all those games on Fubo TV, but they're not on there anymore. Oh, man. See, that's that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to get worse, too, because um, Apple TV has purchased the rights for MLS, and that includes also the League's Cup, so... Some of those matches we're not going to be able to watch unless you have Apple, just, Apple TV+. I was Plus. just about to say those games are free. Damn. Yeah. I'm already missing those games. <laughs> are you telling me you don't want to see uh, LAFC versus Chivas? No. <laughs> hey, regarding that, I had a... I was watching... Uh, well, I don't watch MLS, but I, they're... Po- That's cat. I swear I don't. Is like the propaganda machine. Like they, they're in love with MLS. So I stopped watching through and Fox Sports completely. They're in love with. They're in. They're in cahoots with MLS. But I was noticing the logo. I was gonna ask Coel something because yeah. was wasn't M, uh, LAFC or whatever it's called that black team. Didn't Chivas own? Was didn't the Chivas owner own them? Or how did that work? Didn't, yeah, they, didn't they get the any money off of that? They own the franchise, so the franchise. Chivas Chivas USA. USA. And so, so like you, they didn't make money off the sale or anything. No, they. They, Well, no, no, no. They, they. How much was it to like start a franchise in MLS? It wasn't that much at the time. Like ten million, maybe. Yeah, it was like twenty million that Vergara had to chip in. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't buy it himself. It was him and Antonio Cue C U E. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So he was part owner. Those two guys owned it, and they didn't manage the club well. And then Vergara bought the other half from Q, and then it's like they sold it back to the MLS. Though they sold it back, kind of for like the same money they. Nah, they made money. Yeah. Bro. Twenty mil. Nah. nah, we could we could check because nah, it's, he sold it's he sold it for like three or like at least a hundred, I think. No, 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 sir. The the league bought the franchise back, and then the group of investors they bought the franchise to have the team in LA. Oh, sorry, I accidentally muted everybody. Can you guys turn your mics back on? <laughs> My bad. Hey, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Sorry, I accidentally hit the mute everyone. Oh, I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat it. Yeah. So the league. Bought the franchise back. It's between ten and twenty million, maybe. Uh, we could check out it right now. Uh, and then the group of investors that came in to buy it, they paid a hundred million. Mm. So I mean, he missed out on all that money. I just think because he didn't value the league and he didn't know how to like, he didn't know how to manage that. Team. Mm. He didn't know what to do. There's a lot of stuff he could have done. Well, pretty much everything that I found the article. It says uh, Major League Soccer has finally pulled the plug on its disastrous ten-year relationship with Mexican businessman Jorge Vergara. Um, <laughs> the sale price was believed to be around seventy million. So you best believe that he did. How much? Seventy. I was wrong. I was lied. How are these guys broke then, man? Who? Your team. Oh, because well, it's it's Omni Life, you know. So they that's the parent company. So money probably went into Omni Life. But don't forget that Angelica stole a lot of money from from both 
Omni Life mm-hmm. and Chivas. She practically owned half of Chivas as well, mm. 49%, I think, at one point. Vergara, Fuentes, and their former partners, Antonio and Lorenzo Cue, bought into MLS in 2005 for only $7.5 million. Yeah, okay, bro, so they, so they came up big time. With? Yeah, 10, 10 times the amount. Yeah, dude, they came up. Obviously, they could have came up more if they would have just, like... Dude, because they sold that back to, like... MLS and it was LA, bro. That's like, man. Now LAFC is probably worth a billion dollars easily. Easily. I think that's the why. Most... I, that's why I asked Joel. I was like, they're the most profitable MLS franchise. Yeah. So they dropped the ball on that, huh? Not if they made seventy. I don't think they were always. They were gonna have the money to make the team that LAFC is, you know, because, like, they were very professional about it, like, even about the whole marketing, coming up with the team name, the logo, the colors. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, man. They they did grassroots where they invited people, mm-hmm. which that's why they had Barras from day one. They even sent them to Germany. They they took all these dudes to, to I think, Dortmund. Dortmund or, yeah, to learn like some shit over there. Uh, yeah, they took him to the wall. Yeah, no, like I, I give my props and and I got to give them like my respect for that is like a very well done project. Like I hats off to them. Like that was incredible. Um, I've been to one of their like games and stuff uh, when they played Leon for the Champions League, and I was just really impressed with like the culture. It's it's authentic. It's not like forced. It's not like fight and win like the guy from Seattle, like Jesus Christ. And no, it's like authentic. You know, it's like it's a legit experience. And they have MLS authentic, hey man. Come on. No, I mean it's like a, it's a, it's a it's a it's not like what's the word? Because like a lot of the times, like the MLS teams will just basically copy and paste shit from like Europe and stuff. But yeah, like LAFC has its own culture and they have yeah. their own chants and stuff, and they have like a all really those, all those LA Cholos, right? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things. Like, oh wow, it's actually kind of like refreshing to see something like authentic in, in in MLS. And then I'm not gonna lie, like when they came up to San Jose, they took over that stadium. They like came on on buses and fucking chanted and sang and drank and like took over the whole fucking stadium. I'm like, dude, this is embarrassing. Like, holy shit. So um they're one of the few franchises in MLS that actually have done like I think things well. And I think they just got Gareth Bale too, right? That's like a thing now. They did. Wait, where did you see seven? I'm I'm reading the SI article. What article did you read? Um, this one was from SI. Yeah. What does it say? They gave him seventy though. Um, it was latimes.com. Oh, it's in the LA Times one. All right. Yeah, because I mean, I like. Why, why is my mind telling me it got less? <laughs> there was another article that I read that did say 25 and that they sold it for the same t- price. That's, they... what I'm, that's what I'm guessing, dude. Because but 70... it says angelsonparade.com. It doesn't seem like a reputable website. It doesn't, but don't you think the Mexican media would have been like all over that? Dude? 
Not sure, man. He didn't hear a word from it. It was like good riddance. I mean, so many million votes divided, what, after like four people and then after taxes and like fees and all the expenses they have put into it. It's got to be more than seven, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still, I don't think they made off like bandits either. For sure. No, that's what they had lost, you know, the, the years they had. Yeah, Jorge and Angelica <laughs> probably walked out with twenty twenty five mil, and then she walked out with all of it a few years later. <laughs> I want to ask Ricardo if he's excited about the uh, upcoming series on Netflix about America. Wait, did, did, how did America do in penalties? They won six or five. Okay, they won. What, what penalties? <laughs> you know, you were watching. Uh, I really don't know what you're talking edge, about. Edge of your seat. You're edge of your seat watching. <laughs> I, I promise Very I quiet there. Just No, he's no. quiet because Chivas, without even having a single win this tournament, is still above America on the table. <laughs> That's why he's been quiet. In America's defense, I think we have like two more games in them, though. Mm-hmm. Great point, Alfasco. He doesn't need Great. to know everything. Great. <laughs> Hey, but you know something that hasn't been brought up? That uh, we basically have almost the same record as Pumas, and no one's talking shit about Pumas, but I guess that's one of the things being a small team. But Pumas has like one win, four draws. No, one win, five draws, and we have like five draws, one loss. Yeah. Another great point. But, But, yes, I'm excited for the Netflix. Yeah. I'm I'm putting a fork in the season where we got we're losing uh what's his name uh Jorge Sanchez Ajax is going to get him and we're going to let we're going to be left on the with the Layun as a defender on the right side man like like old times the old times put a fork in the season Layundowski but are they really going to pay 8 million for Jorge Sanchez I don't think so Eight million plus incentives, Jaime. We're this isn't like Chivas where we just loan out players for the heck of it. <laughs> it's not for the heck of it. It's, it's to help pay the bills. That that Macias <laughs> loan was was for to pay the bills. Well, come on. No, no, Macias was because his contract was stipulated, which it goes back to what I was saying about players have to make that sacrifice mm-hmm. of like I'm I'm earn less, but then. If something comes along, then you kind of have to let me go. So that was on him. He wanted to go abroad. But so, like trophies and all those other guys, mm-hmm. it's because, you know, teams have a budget and they have like uh, for wages as well. And that means you can't have three or four players that are not going to be playing and you still have to pay them regardless. Yeah. So, you know. But slowly but surely, America is becoming... Mexico's uh, cantera. We're sending everybody to Europe. You guys are becoming the new Chivas? Is that what I'm hearing? The, the, the new Pachuca, man. Chivas. When's the last time they sent anyone good? Come on. No, it's just, no we have like, given credit um, to America for sending a lot of players. And Tena the cantera. Was, uh, yeah, the, Tena was one of the architects of that. You guys let him go, brought in some dude from Spain. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, 
because you know you don't see immediate results. It takes a good two four years. Mm-hmm. So, but I was surprised that they let Tena go, given how successful the they have been and how many players they've been sending abroad. Mm-hmm. She was needs to take notes, man. <laughs> yeah, but look at the quality that they're sending. They sent uh, Reyes Suporto, who was successful. But come on, you're like in one of the biggest teams in Portugal. Like, of course, you're gonna have some success. But uh, besides that, wonder off Lainez, who hasn't done anything. Menes, who like struggled everywhere except that good season he had with Wolverhampton, and now also due to the accident and stuff. But it's not like Jimenez was like tearing it up. And then uh, look at other players that have gone over, like Chivas and Sancido killed it with PSV. Chicharito, you know, he killed it with United starting out. Uh, I think the only one that didn't be so hot was uh, Omar Bravo. But he went, he did a terrible thing. He went to like Deportivo Coruña or some shit that only played with one striker. And he's like, what, 5'7, five, 5'8? Yeah. Sounds like an excuse. <laughs> no, it just it was just terrible. Like they should never sent them over there. But what about Davila? Davila. Hey man, he's oh, a globetrotter. He's all over he the world. The, he well, this is the thing. If you come down to like your inner circle, he made a mistake going to Chelsea. Chelsea at that moment had like, you know, like a hundred players on loan. It's kinda yeah, like but, I was talking about just exporting so many. He, That's what he, Chelsea he was his... doing. Let's just buy yeah. them all and hopefully ten of them turn out good. Yeah, he never and he knew they were gonna loan him out, and and I I think Davila, I'm glad you guys brought him up because it goes to show about the whole go to Europe and and that's good enough because he was there for about five years, played in Spain, Portugal, and I believe in the Dutch league, and he played four seasons, and he comes back to Santos, and he he didn't really. You know, they didn't really make a mark in Liga MX, mm-hmm. and he's in Australia now. And New so, Zealand. You see, oh, <laughs> so I mean, I don't. You we're, know, we're you guys, I will. I will say this about Davila. Like, I know it's not a glamorous or prestigious career, but he's had a successful career. Like in no, terms of like, part, yeah. like he's a legend in Australia, uh, the Australian league, and then he also went to like India and stuff, and he's. He's had a like great time, like globe trotting, but like you know. Street Fighter Two match. <laughs> <laughs> wow! His wife seriously <laughs> passed away like two months ago. Yeah, she did. Yeah, that was sad. No career. Co- That's that is hella true funny. Few, few uh, people will will stay in in football for a long time. You know. There's there's hundreds and hundreds of players every year, you know, debuting or trying to make it into the first team, and very few get to get to like live off of football for a long time. So the fact that he's managed to to play for so long, I I agree with you, Jaime. It, it is a success in that, but I'm I'm going off of like. Yeah, I mean, people it's... that think that that you went to Europe and you're gonna come back and you're gonna be like a key player for La Selección, right. and you're just you know your power levels all over nine thousand. <laughs> it's like yeah, it doesn't work like that. He says right? Street Fighter Two map. Oh god, <laughs> it's not. It's not like if you're only sending out 
10 guys every few years and, you know, only like 20, 30 percent are having success at the same time. That's not necessarily like a bad thing. It's like not a it's not a big enough sample to like make a yeah the sample size is small and many industries twenty thirty percent success rate is like great. Wait, success in playing, but but see the whole thing of going to Europe is that because you become better, right? So Davila didn't really become better. Cudinho's mm-hmm. uh, another one, right? He's in Portugal. He's sniffing Iker Casillas' farts and supposedly learning from him, and he can't even hold a spot in Chivas. Well, it's, it's not because they didn't become better because Europe failed them. It just probably means they weren't good enough to uh, become better. Yeah, that's the goalpost. Come on. So now Europe doesn't know how to choose players. <laughs> they, they, they pick some duds, man. Yeah. Well, it's that's like too a... many duds because if we go down Kicking the list, Fonseca? If... if if we go down the list of all the players that have gone to Europe from Mexico, like 80%, but, but it's more were than there just for like two well. years and a lot of them came back, they didn't amount too much. Yeah. I think that's a personal problem, though. Like, at the end of the day, unfortunately, it comes, it goes back to the player. Like, and, and we just don't have the mental, I don't know. It's a mindset thing, it's an attitude, honestly. Particular fortitude. Yeah. A lot of these players at the first sign of like, I don't know, of pressure, of inconvenience or being uncomfortable, yeah, it's like I want to go back to Mexico with mommy. Back I to Chivas. Well, I think it's 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 part of it. I, I'll say it's um. It's a culture thing. Because they get paid good money early on, so you have a pretty good life, and it's like. There's no like. You don't have if, to struggle anymore. So let's be honest. Problem, let's man. be honest. If you're a Mexican player, what is the incentive of going to Europe? What can it offer you that you can't get in Mexico? Just like to say that you played in Europe in the Champions like, League. Like apart from like the one player that's got the mindset, the the ambition, and the discipline to actually go out there and 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 like earn a bigger paycheck and play for like the biggest clubs in in Europe. For the most part, like. That only applies to like the one percent of like Mexican players. The most of the majority of them, there's no incentive for them to go to Europe. There's like you they're know, gonna they're gonna make less money. They're gonna be in an environment where they don't know the language, or they're gonna be surrounded by better players than them. Why would you want to sign up for that? That that sounds like a bad time. Well, but you know what? And this is this is something you've heard. Well, we've heard like players from say or even Argentina talk about. A lot of times they don't if they could if they got paid top dollar, they will stay in their leagues, in, in their home leagues. Right? They don't leave because it's better. They leave because they're getting paid way more money. So if, if let's say, Argentine league paid that money, all those Argentines, for the, I, I guarantee you, like 90% would stay. They would stay home. Like like the Brazilian players. You see a bunch of them coming back to yeah. their teams. Like William, William, he went back to Corinthians. Yeah, and they, they've gotten some, uh, there was like an article a while back about like um, like some of the investment going on in Brazil. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple of teams that have, they have like, you know, like Tigres and, and Monterrey that have big companies backing them and they can afford to bring someone like Iñak. And so that's kind of going on in Brazil where there's a couple of teams that have uh, 
big big companies like like uh, backing them up. So yeah, they, they can afford to to have those players, and a lot of them do come back. They they rather be at home. But but I I gotta call you out, Jaime. I disagree with that with your point because although yes, the Mexican the they don't have any. They're not less, they're not in a hurry to go to like you said they're like they they're comfortable in Mexico right yeah but like I, I always mention this and you guys get mad but Mexico like football has been has been so internationalized man so like all these Mexican kids they don't that's this is the problem with Chivas and the Mexican League all these Mexican kids they don't want to play in Mexico man they want to go to Europe that's their dream now. Like I, when I was growing up back in the back in the day, I like I went through that transition. When I was a kid, everyone in the field and everyone in the park would say, "Oh, there was a Chivas or America." And by yeah. the time I, I was graduate, when I was getting my diploma in high They're school, like, "What's your pronouns?" No, no. <laughs> <laughs> la descalificación, man. See, it was, you guys uh, don't like when uh, I talk about Barcelona. Chivas. No, 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 no. No, I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. Like I, I do agree with you. Like I grew up. Only being uh, having access to like Telemundo and Univision, mm-hmm. like we didn't have Same. like fucking Gold TV, and we didn't get to see the Barcelonas and the Real Madrids mm-hmm. of the world. Except for on ESPN, they would play Champions League. That's about it. Like that's all I had access to as far as Europe. And now it's like, yeah, now we do have access to like the best leagues in the world, the best players, social media. You can follow them. You can see everything mm-hmm. instantaneously. So yeah, I do. I do think like the perspective has changed. But we're talking about, like, I think that's more of, like, the fan. I don't think there's, like, players yes. or athletes or, like, yes, like yeah. th- that are but, that have that same. with that, uh, you know, I think from players, the players that haven't had those idols in those top European competitions where they want to emulate their idols. And what I mean by that is, like, uh, Rodrigo from Real Madrid, he said one of his dreams was always to win Champions League. And the reason why is because you growing up, you see all these Brazilians mm-hmm. killing it in Europe. So uh, you have your idols, percent. your idols that play for the national team, you know, like Ronaldo. He never won a Champions Ronaldinho. League. Well, but they were killing it like in Europe. Like hey, you were watching you, Europe we, we, because you're you using Brazil again. We, we can't use Brazil as an example. Yeah, man. That's, that's not a good example, bro. It's, it's not it's like when it comes to Max, is Max is close to the U.S. You go to Max. They emulate a lot of the U.S., so I guarantee you, even kids in Mex are watching, are watching NFL. And they're NBA. watching fucking the Raiders and they're, they're which there's even NFL games in Azteca. Actually, I I'm lying. They're not even watching sports. They're playing esports. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's it's like I mean it's true. If you go to Mex, like go go to the go to the movies, it's gonna be what ninety percent American movies. But isn't that like most like of a big world thing? American culture is has a yeah. big influence. I mean, but, but, but that, it's, oh, what I'm yeah, with movies and music, but but in Mex more so because it's just so close. Where we're just you know, a lot of them are just stone throws away. But it it's it's and then you have all the pochos visiting, and so they they take a lot of that stuff with them too, and so they have even more access to getting stuff. Um, you know, and uh, but but I do think they in Mex they emulate a bit more what goes on in the U.S. I just and... I just hope that like the <clears throat> generation that comes after Gen Z, like maybe they'll 
they will probably be the first ones to be like, who the fuck is like Claudio Suarez and Luis Hernandez? Like, I'm I'm over here. Like, I got posters of fucking mm. Holland and Mbappe. You know, like that's gonna well, happen, they, Jaime. That's gonna happen. Yeah. But look, and that's that's the other thing I'm gonna say because you go to like South America, some of these uh, countries like that, and football is very regional, and that's not even in Mexico. In Mexico, you you have people from other states liking teams from other states mm-hmm. you know it's it's and even like saying the emulating even the yeah that was taken from from right here playoffs yeah so that's the that's why it's difficult to compare just because we're so far off of that where it, it's not we we can't have something like that as much as like we would like it. I would like something like that, but we're not. We're far off from that, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see where the sport takes us in the next like twenty years, because who knows? Well, like, you're already league's cup. You're already seeing it, Jaime. No, so but I'm. Stay, I'm saying like, yes. is this the peak of like popularity? Are we going to be on like a downhill from there, where like people don't even watch soccer anymore? Are you are you talking about Liga MX or soccer in general? I would say like, I would say Liga MX. In oh, Mexico Liga MX is going down the drain. The, the the owners are are whoring themselves out to the MLS man. What wasn't there the right? Which was was it like maybe two months ago, three months? There's one company that wanted to buy into Liga MX. Do you remember Jaime? They went they went pay like a hundred. Are you talking about like Man, the uh, Red Bull or Apollo? Huh? The come the one the one that wanted to invest a billion dollars. Yes. Apollo. Oh, investments. the TV thing. Yeah. See, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going down here. I do think they expect the sport to grow because you're gonna have a World Cup here in the U.S. and U.S., Mexico, and Canada, and basically you need these three countries. And, and I've been telling you guys, but you guys dude, I can I can tell you from my own personal experience, like my younger cousins, or like my cousins' kids, like they don't give a fuck about soccer, bro. Like, I know, I mean, once, you're right, man. Look, but once let the me give you guys an example. It's different. Let me give you guys an example real quick. I took my nephews. I went with my brother-in-law, and my nephews to go see America against Manchester City, right? Damn. And they didn't. They don't. They don't care about Liga MX. They're talking about the European guys, man. Yeah, because like, Liga MX is in the back games. window. I know, but sometimes all you need is one player. It's, it's, maybe it's difficult for you guys to grasp that because you probably don't have like an example where you've seen how can one player come in and cause that much excitement. But we saw it here in, with the NASL, which was a lot of these teams that would play like in high school stadiums and then Pele comes here and all of a sudden his team, the Cosmos, you know, they're you know filling up giant stadiums. Example. You're using the Brazilian legend. He, he's right, Hall. You're but using Brazilian happen. example. That, that could happen here. I, I think so you're saying we need another We need a reincarnation of Wiki. Is that what you're saying? I, no, I think they could have landed like like... If they would have landed Messi and and CR7, you I bet you all the spotlights would have been here. Well, the US, like 
you, you everyone can talk about how much it's growing and this and that, but they only talk about soccer after during the World Cup or like let me give an example when the Copa the last Copa America that happened here like they had a good decent amount of press and and the World Cups as well but after that they don't give a shit man oh yeah but it could change see because they've been saying that when, forever. When, Yes, but to you guys are like ignoring the progress because like we look at 94, there wasn't a league when the 94 World Cup and ASL had folded. So there wasn't a soccer league and it took a couple more years for MLS to start. So now that they're going to host it again, you have cities with up to two teams. And so it's way different. Uh, there's leagues all across so that if there's that excitement, people can now go to the stadiums and watch live football and if they could they could like piggyback off of that and bring in players which they kind of did in 94 they managed to bring in like Campos and Pibre Valderrama and uh, Don Adoni and they had like all these all these players if they could do something like that which I'm guessing is probably it's probably what some of these guys are gonna do you know, they're already. already yeah, they're, I, I will say a no, lot no, of. No, no, but hold on, hold on. Yeah. This is this is going right after the World Cup, and it's like there's all this excitement, you know, and so they're, they're gonna like most likely, are probably already planning for it, that after the World Cup, they're gonna each team is gonna try to get in a, a pretty popular player, and so I do think there's that expectation that if the sport here can can blow up, become that much more than then yeah there's going to be a lot of money and, and it will take league next with it yeah but no one's saying that's not going to progress or it's not going to blow up ricardo's comment was that the kids care about the european players yeah they do and they europe do. is cream all the crop so there's no way you basically would actually say that one day liga mexico or mls or the leagues in north america are going to be more respected, more valued than European yes. leagues. Well, I don't know kids. more than them, but it, it can, so it can the blow The kids up. are going to want to emulate what they consider, like you said, American culture, the Michael Jordans of the game. The Michael Jordans of the game play in Europe. Why they would they do. look at good, the Why would they look at the Brazilian league? They're going to look at Europe. They're going to look at who's the coming hot star. Like that kid that Manchester City just picked up, Julian Alvarez, Julian Alvarez, whatever. Uh, he was killing it with River Plate, like just demolishing, like a wonderful sight to see. But most yeah. kids will not find out about him till he's killing it over in Europe with it's City. True. But you know what? There's one thing you have to keep in mind that because they're dependent right now in oil money, a lot of these, a lot of these European teams that they're not even they're owned by extranjeros now. A lot of teams, um, and so. They could end up getting broke, like like Serie A, where it's like they're having financial problems. You're kind of seeing it with in La Liga with some of these teams, Barcelona struggling. The and Chelsea so owner had to sell because he's rushing. So you never know what could happen. Yeah, but where... look at the opposite end of that: Chelsea owned by Americans, United Americans, Liverpool mm-hmm. exactly. American ownership. And Arsenal, if they ever American wanted ownership. to. If they so ever wanted to it? switch it over here, they could easily do it. No. See, that, that, oh, yes, they can. They already gringos. They already. Bro, they ain't gonna send most a lot of fucking Tennessee. They're they not gonna switch know. it over here because at the end of the day, the majority of the 
history is over there and the world fan bases are for mm-hmm. the teams over there. So it's easier to do what they're doing. You see all these teams, uh, like you're getting American goalies. Like, like for example, everyone hates on MLS or the MLS is terrible. But how come all these U.S. goalies go over Europe? It's because they're all going to teams that are owned by Americans. So it's easier exactly. for them to exactly. send a player over there. And then the American kids grow up on latch on because now they got someone they can emulate. They got an idol. And at the same time, they collect the money from all the foreigners that love that European team. They're yeah, playing both see, that's, sides. That's, that's not in question. That's, that's going on right now. And, and I'm not denying none of that. I'm banking on what could happen You're like banking in, on- 10 years from now, which when if you have a company like Apollo, they're doing the same thing. You're banking on MLS potentially surpassing Europe, and that's just no. See, that's you saying they're gonna surpass it. I'm just saying it could become popular. Look at NBA; it wasn't always as popular as now. But you know what? NBA was so big. Sometime around the 80s, it blew up, and now it's very popular. But it wasn't always. But the difference, like like, it's not a very good to compare American sports because the best. Of the best play are here, yeah, and that's not that's never going to be the case for MLS. It can be the case. That's what it, I'm it, it's it, never it going to happen, bro. Be the case. It's never, it's never going to happen. You can throw stupid money into this league and try to convince like some of the best talent to come here to they've the states. Done, they, they've done that, but and it, they've it, the it's not a sustainable thing. Like it's you might be able to convince a Ronaldo, a Bale, mm-hmm. or whatever to come in here and like have their last hurrah and then retire but you're never going to be able to create what has been going on in Europe for like hundreds of years the history like like yeah. I sort of mentioned you can't that's buy history you can't you buy are, you can't buy history see, that's, even that is recent even that is recent where we have access because of the, of the television and, and the, but you go back a few few more years we weren't watching those games because they weren't available. So it's, this has only been recent that like Champions League blew up across the world because television-wise, it became more accessible. But before that, people didn't really know. People didn't really know, aside from some of the bigger teams. And so it's, it's, that's, that's where it's like it happened in Europe where eventually things lined up. And their, some of their tournaments blew up and they became more popular, but that wasn't always the case. Yeah. I think the closest thing that will happen will be more and more, kind of like what we've seen this, this summer, just more and more friendlies out here. But, yeah, I just don't see MLS ever becoming. It'll get big. It'll get big, but it'll never be no. a top flight. It'll never be what everyone that's pumping money into it thinks it's going to be. Well, I mean, I don't think a lot of these people just throw money just because they eventually no, have like financial advisors that they could read the market and see what's no. going on. Like Financially, this. it will be profitable. Popularly, it will be profitable. But what I'm talking on the field, it's not going to surpass Europe. You don't got to be the number one. You don't got to be the NBA, the MLB of like the soccer world for you to be profitable. They will make money. Mm-hmm. They will make a stupid amount of money just from like TV rights in the U.S., commercials and all that alone. The and, money will and be And if there. you're making stupid money, you could attract the better players. 
They've they've some of these MLS Dude, teams it's like already, it's what the Chinese already, league tried to do with like Oscar and Hulk and Tevez. It just doesn't it doesn't work, dude. You can't just buy. I think it's a bit different though, man. I think that culture wise and language wise, it's like you're at the opposite end. But let's look at some of the stuff that's happened. Where what was it, Atlanta? They got one of the players from River Plate. He had an offer from Europe, and Atlanta paid more money. And at one point, Liga MX did the same thing where they managed to bring in young South American talent because some of these Spanish teams were trying to just take them really cheap. Yeah, but those are... Rosalega uh, was one of them. And this Jose... Jose those are outliers, man. Those are like the one-offs <laughs> that, that do that, but it's... Jose's going out on his shield for MLS. Yeah. You like... Real Madrid's history, United's history, Milan's history, all these top clubs. You're, you're a romantic, man. You're not going to wipe that away. You're a romantico, man. I'm not denying all that history. No, but... I think you're a romantico. I think you think this grassroots approach to MLS one day is going to knock down the behemoth if, that is no, European soccer. See, you, you're I, stuck on, I think you're you're stuck stuck on them beat them and knock them out. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's going to become its own thing. And, and even you were saying how they could make that much money. If they're making that much money, they're going to attract the talent. Uh, this country, because a lot of people want to live here, and you have already all these communities. So, like you guys were saying, uh, if you go to China, but how likely to say they well off want to live here? A lot of people are well off. Will not say that so much. That's what well, I, I get your point, Hoyle. But at the end of the day, people that watch sports they want to watch the best leagues, man. So I, I get what you're saying, but, but I don't think the MLS is ever going to be the, the best league. I, but I never said that. No, I, I, no, I, I get your point. No, I get your point. I'm not even worried about that. I'm just saying here because even you guys know that the money is here for TV. Yeah, it's here. Or for sponsorship, Nike, all of where they could pay hundreds of millions. If you have that money, if you could get it, then of course you're going to attract the bigger talent. And if, and if you're attracting the bigger talent, then your product's going to be better because of that. And and my investment here is because, for one, I get to see it, but two, I know Liga MX will piggy, piggyback off of that, and they're going to benefit as well. I but feel they could be benefiting the even more if they were smarter, but I feel that they're not they're not playing it right. But you think it was about the money? Then wouldn't Messi and like Cristiano be playing in Qatar, making like two hundred million a year? What? At the same the, time, the reason those players and so you were talking about before, you know, but see, you're, you're there's Qatar. this amount of many professionals, Mexico, this amount, the elite of the elite play in Europe because they had that elite mentality. Well, here's same here's the thing about Qatar. You're saying though, but hold on, you're saying why wouldn't they go to Qatar well, first? Because they don't have that mentality. If the elite of the elite play over there, it doesn't matter about money. They want where the elite competition is going to be at. So, yes, the MLS will continue to grow popular. That's why they went from, what, like 18 to how many they got Me- now? 30? Messi, Messi only went to Barcelona because they were going to because they paid for his medication. And we see what his story was, you know. Uh, but you, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Qatar. And, and again, it's kind of the same as China, where it's like the culture is so different, so it's really difficult to live there. And you see players that go and they return after six months or a year because it's it's just harder to adapt. But 
but just even going back to Qatar, Qatar was like, what? They sponsor some of these big teams. Uh, don't Qatar they own? Way. I think they own. Don't they own PSP? Right? The mm-hmm. owners are, are. Yeah, PSG. So it's the same thing. It's, and, and if we say, like, okay, well, we think, why didn't they come here? Well, two things happened. Two things happened that I, I remember seeing them happen. I was like, this, those guys aren't going to come here. One was Ronaldo, the rape case from Las Vegas popped up. Those charges have been dropped. He can come to the U.S. whenever he I wants. I know, but it was on there for like two years. Uh, and then the Panama, the Panama Papers for Messi, where he was trying to evade taxes. Mm. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like at that point, they're like, what do you think MLS what what do you think MLS is gonna be? Like a top five league? Like I think a, it can. a top I ten league it... or like what's what do you think? What's your argument? What's what do you think MLS will end up being? Well, I think it depends on two things. So one is that the World Cup is is um it generates a lot of excitement where it brings in more people to watch. See, you're thinking people now. You got to think of little kids. Every, but they every said day, that with the last World Cup in the I know, U.S. But it did. But now there's there's a league that's been here since 96. Okay, okay. And it's it's spanning to 30 teams. So there's, a, there's that positivity that came from that. And so a second World Cup, if it manages to be successful for them, uh, and it probably means that the team here has to be, they have to do good. So, I mean, you, you have to, these things have to like kind of line up, but I think if these two things drop, you know, they, they fall on the right place and it's, it's that excitement grows. They're able to get this, this, this newer generation. Cause they're not looking at the fans now that you guys are talking about there. They're looking for fans that are, on their way, every game is the first game for someone, you know? So that's what they're banking on those. Cole, let me tell you this then. Okay, let's say that scenario plays out. Look, what's, like, why should I invest my time if... No, Oh, okay, the kids, yeah, okay. The the kids, the future kids, okay. Because that's what they saw. That's what they saw. They, They saw that here, like the little kid, right? He sees a game on TV, a World Cup game, and he got excited, and then that player he liked is playing. Okay, let, let's bring it back. To, let's bring it back to Mexican football, real quick. Okay, yes. what what's stopping? Let's say your your scenario plays out. What's stopping them after they get to that level from just kicking us to the curb? What's the point of Mexico even doing this? Just helping them grow, like I mentioned before, the owners <laughs> just pour themselves out, and they're just growing them, and we're just gonna be the we're gonna end up. End up Sucking at the teat while they're living it up, right? They no, they, they benefit you, off everything. You have a big population of of, of Mexican Americans and and a lot of Latinos here, and it's two countries now that are in, in two countries. So like Chivas, they're popular not just in one country but two countries. So you have stuff like that where it that's. That's already like the more games we're playing. It's, it's already establishing that someone keeps giving their microphone up. Oh, sorry. Um, so you you have already that rivalry that's that's 
being promoted, been on for like what twenty years or so. So now it's like the Big it's it's the fun game to watch now. Because it's in it, you know football has that international aspect of it. You're right. Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. But like I mentioned earlier, you. But you. What I think you. You're maybe you're not giving that much. Maybe you're not. You're. How do I say? You're. Como que. You're expecting, for for the MLS to grow, right? But you're also expecting for the same fans to stay with Liga or Chivas or America or the Liga in Mexico, like. I'll, no, I'll, not the same fans. Not the same fans. Mexico will have their own fans. So, like the kids, the kids of like Chivas fans will probably like Chivas. Like, is the but, case? But we mentioned this, we mentioned this earlier, Hall. A lot of these kids, they're not they're they're watching Europe, man. They are. They like are. It's a big. Me. It's a. But, it's a conundrum. Okay, they are, but we just saw Sophie Stadium. And yeah, there's a lot of people there. right now. You said it yourself right now, right? Yeah, but see, that's like even if we get to that point, they they. But now I'm talking about Mexico, the Mexico teams. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a bit different, you know, as far as like with more kids. But if the immigration patterns continue, then yeah, it's gonna be people coming in already, like in Chivas. Man, I just think. Through social media, people like wearing the nice shoes, the nice clothes, driving the nice car, the nice vacations. So they're going to support the nice teams. And that's why all these kids are watching Europe, because that's quote-unquote the nice teams. Yes, but they weren't always watching it. But like the game has become so globalized from everything, from economies to sports to everything. It's just so globalized and interconnected that if they they weren't always watching it because that connection, those open channels were not there. But now they are, thanks mm-hmm. to streaming and everything, that they're going to want to watch the best. No one is denying that MLS will not continue to grow and get more popular. MLS soon uh, will be the top league in this part of the world in every aspect. And just like Ricardo was saying, one of those reasons is because Liga Mekis is pouring themselves out to them. They're giving them all the resources for them to grow, and we're just we'll take the leftovers, the crumbs. So MLS will definitely easily surpass Liga Mekis on a sporting level, financial level, structure level, fan base rights, value of teams. You know they're gonna have some crazy values like billion dollar values where you'll have teams like Mazatlan, like not even close to that. I agree with all that, but. It will become huge. It will continue to grow. But I find it very unlikely that it will become like a top three in the world because it will just with Premier League, La Liga, and what other league, whether it's France or Germany, it's not going to be able to compete. Hey, but but you know what? Even France and even EPL weren't top leagues at one point. But it's also assuming that like everything still goes for the course. What's to say that? Yeah, exactly. The English. What's to say that these leagues won't even get more competitive? Like, look at yeah, the French they league. Grow. If they grow too, the French league was a fucking joke, but now they call it a farm league. Now it's starting to like you know gain a lot of momentum. 
they know, obviously. That's what I'm saying. Things things can always change. Yeah, so but I'm like not, I'm not that's the thing though. It's like even if even if game. MLS gets better, even if Liga Mekis gets better, that's nice and all, but it's not like we're putting a the pause on Europe. Like they're gonna continue to get even yeah. more competitive. But you guys are forgetting one thing right now in Europe is that they're very dependent on money from outside of Europe. So that's if that true. ever if that ever dries up for whatever reason, they're gonna be effed. So and it's and it's gotten exaggerated where the transfers are like 120 million and and it's these numbers that are just insane and it's gonna cost a lot of these teams to end up being broke. Like I mean, look at Barcelona, you know. And, Honestly, and even Madrid that is, is but that's that, everywhere. The U.S. is so connected, like being in debt with other countries, mainly China as well. No, but we're talking just the league. I mean, let's let's just stay on the league. Let's not go off. Realistically, off, uh, that could be the only reason why players end up coming here, is because all the money dried up in Europe. That's realistically it's, it's, the only way. But and it seems like it's going that way. I mean, but Germany, it's, 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 the Bundesliga has been very profitable, and they all know how to balance a checkbook. So, I still think <laughs> I I think Germany will always have the strong. They've been. They've been whoring themselves out too, Jaime. They even admitted recently that they a lot of the U.S. players that they bring over is to try to get a, a TV rights deal like the EPL yeah. did See? with the NBC. Well, I mean, look, look at yeah, at one point. They were the top league in Europe. That's what part of their business plan, to try to get a, a U.S. TV deal. Okay. See, I'm telling you, lads, but I'm not saying Claso. Paul, you make a lot of good points, but I'm always going to be anti-MLS. Yeah, and that's also how things work. It's like with uh, Barcelona, the reason they're broke is because they gave Messi way too much money. more, And then they also brought other guys and paid them stupid high salaries. One big thing that was an issue with Serie A is that the teams did not own the clubs. One of the first teams to change that was Juventus. So now when you do have, like, concerts and whatever other stuff that the stadium is being used for, that money is going back to the club. Those clubs used to be owned – those stadiums used to be owned by the cities. So now Serie A, they learned from that, and now the clubs are trying to own their own stadiums. I mean, there's always a reason for something. It's not just because the money disappeared. Well, because... It was poor decisions behind it. Well, they, no, but see, you're just saying Juventus, and, and Juventus has always had a big company – tied to it and that's been you know most of these clubs have socios which is different now and so then and that's what we're seeing in where these clubs got bought out by big companies and that's that's one of the reasons Dube is able to do that not so much because of the stadium but the company behind it mm-hmm. I mean, they have that much money they don't even need funds from a stadium or nothing like that but guys uh, it's, it's my yeah, it's, it's bedtime. bedtime. Yeah. Same. Buenas noches. Night, gentlemen. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. I know we were waiting for two weeks, so we appreciate the listeners and appreciate you guys for hopping on. We appreciate and you, Jaime. Absolutely. Um, I got one but last thing. L- let me just say one thing, Jaime, yep. and I'll leave you guys alone. I think Paul took a big L here, but I respect his stance. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Sencillo como eso. Eres un estúpido. <risa> Perdóname.
Lo que te dije, lo que oíste. Vamos a una pausa. Ya, hombre, para. No, no, me dijiste estúpido. Oíste, sí, al aire, lo repito. Con todas las que te lo palabras, ¿sí? ¿Pero por qué me dices estúpido? ¿Quieres que te lo repita? ¿Cómo le dijiste a Darwin Quintero el otro día? ¿Pero ¿Por qué me dices estúpido? Ah, entonces, ¿por qué le dices estúpido a un jugador? No, a mí no me dijiste estúpido, yo no te ofendí a ti. Vamos, vamos, vamos. Yo dije, 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 yo dije